0: Praise the Lord, saints. Praise God. God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this day. Hallelujah. Thank you for the freedom that we have in him. The freedom to live and to walk and to to share and to love. Freedom. Hallelujah. Yes. No more change No more fun! I think the band was feeling that hallelujah <laughs> they didn't want to stop Amen. praise god hallelujah we are free because jesus christ is our way maker <laughs> he's our way maker he's our miracle worker that's why we can be free in him today we can be free to love we can be free to share we can be free just to be who we are in him hallelujah No shackles, no chains. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship the Lord right is who you are. I worship you. You are here, moving in this place, and I worship you, and I worship you.
1: Let's give God another hand clap of praise. Yeah. Father God, we just thank and praise you for this another opportunity to minister to these, your precious sheep. Lord, we thank you that revelation knowledge will continue to flow freely, uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking through my vocal cords and thinking through my mind. None of me and all of you in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Well, come on and give God another hand clap of praise. Welcome to our Wednesday night service. You may be seated. Our faithful Wednesday night crew and folks that make it out, hungry for the word, amen. We've enjoyed um, the series that we were on, but if you recall, that was kind of an offshoot of what we were talking about before all of that. Uh, when we were talking about right believing, and right living, and right ruling. Uh, So we're gonna finish that series up now that we finished up that that one we just got off of. So uh, the title of tonight's message is Right Living Begins, Right Living Begins with Possessing the Power to Change. Right Living Begins with Possessing the Power to Change. If you're keeping track from that previous series, this is like part 26, (laughs) amen. That's going to be a good little novel when it's all said and done. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 12. So, right living begins with possessing the power to change. Right living begins with possessing the power to change. Uh, just to recap, too, because it's been a while since we've been on this particular series. Um, again, this comes from that series where we were talking about right living equals right ruling. And we talked about as believers, we've been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. How many of you guys remember that? Yeah, so we've been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And as a result, we should be living our lives uh, not, as, not as sinners, not as immature believers, not as children, but mature rulers. And mature rulers rule by love. I said mature rulers rule by love now in order for me and you to actually walk that out though how many guys know there's a transformation that has to take place so what we did was we had four things that needed to happen for us to rule right the number one thing was to rule requires maturity we talked about that to rule requires maturity I gotta grow up Uh, number two was I have to have the right attitude so that I can successfully follow the will of God. I have to have the right attitude so that I can successfully follow the will of God. And that's kind of turned into what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about my believing being right, my attitude being right, and understanding that I have a, my attitude should always be one of victory. Amen? My attitude should always be one of victory because of Christ who lives on the inside of me. I cannot face or have defeat. I said, if Christ is literally in my life, defeat can't live there as well. Amen? So the only thing that's allowing defeat to take place in my life is if I don't believe the victory that he's given me. And we've spent several weeks uh, talking about that. And now we want to talk about this number three one, which is simply we have to be transformed. If I'm going to rule and live the way God wants me to live, if I'm going to rule and live as Jesus did on earth, which is by love, I have to be transformed. Now, can we get real for a minute? If somebody cusses you out, if you're going to live like Jesus did, guess what? You don't, you don't get to cuss them back out. Amen. Half of y'all said amen, but we're going to keep working on this. And by the end, maybe we all say it together. Amen. Somebody steal from you. Clear your bank account out right when the mortgage was due, right when a light bill was due. I can't respond or I shouldn't respond like everybody else if I'm going to live this life of love. I have to be a believer. I have to believe that God's going to supply. I have to believe that all is well. You know all those things we say when we're at church on Sunday or Wednesday night. But those things manifesting into a reality in my life, how many of you guys know it's going to take time and it's going to take a change or a renewal of my mind? A renewal of my mind so that my first reflex is a reflex of faith. Amen? So I don't know about you, but I'm still working on some things in some areas. For my, my first words to be words of faith. For my first action to be an action of faith. Or my first thought to be a thought of faith. Amen? But I possess within me the power to change. Say that with me. Say, I possess possess. the power to change. change. And see, if you're going to live right, you have to realize that you have the power to change. And then we're going to see in a moment, I have to then choose to let that power begin to operate on the inside of me to change me. Is there anybody in the room who wants to change on tonight? I mean, because change means growth and growth means change. If I'm not changing, I ain't growing. And I'll add this part to it. And if you ain't growing, you ain't going nowhere. Amen. A person who's not growing is literally stuck right where they're at. There's no, there's no movement up, down, in or out at all. Growth is movement. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be stuck. I want to to constantly be allowing the Holy Spirit to change me from the inside out so that I can grow and so that I can move forward into the things that God has for me. The enemy's all but happy to keep you stuck right where you're at. And how does he keep a believer stuck? By confusing and deceiving a believer to such a point where they get into unbelief and now they're not growing because they're not changing. Amen? But not us. We are world changers. And if I'm a world changer, guess what? I better be changing. (laughs) Amen? So that was the number three one. We're going to talk about that today is the fact that I have to be transformed. And then the number four one, I'll give you that for whenever we get to it. It's um, if I'm going to rule right and live right, I have to do some things just like Jesus did. So just like Jesus did, with the help of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about that after we get finished talking about number three over the next probably few services. Then we're going to dive into how do we live life just like Jesus did with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because we talked about it a lot in our last few services that, and some people don't like this, I was, I've been watching different things on TV and, and different folks are kind of getting all up in arms because certain uh, believers like us are starting to realize who we are in Christ. And they have a problem with people identifying with Jesus in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They, they want people to kind of, what they call, stay in their place. And you can't be like, Jesus, you got to stay in your place. You're under him. But that ain't what the Word says. The Word says, I'm a co-heir. The Word says, what he got, I got. And then he said, What I'm doing, I need you to do, but better, but more. Or let's use the word he said, greater. So how can I do greater than him, but I'm less than him? So people got a problem with it. They're like, oh my goodness, you go to Roman churches that they talk about, ye are gods. Well, that's what he said. That's what he said. And and how can I operate... As Jesus did if I don't have what he has well here's the truth you have what he had I said you have what Jesus had the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells lives in who in who yeah in you and why do you think he's there just to help you feel good Amen. I mean, is it just to help me feel good or is it for a, a purpose? It's for a purpose, it's for a reason. It's what Jesus talked about in Mark when he said, Go ye, go ye, go ye. You have the Holy Spirit for the go ye. You have the Holy Spirit for the person who's out there who needs Him. But before I can go, I have to get myself together so I can grow. Remember, I said, if you're not growing, you ain't going. If you're not growing, you ain't going nowhere. If I'm not growing, I cannot even fulfill God's will for my life. So I have to change, I have to grow, I have to allow this mind to be renewed so that not only I can be okay, but so that I can go and fulfill God's will for my life. If you understand that, say amen. Amen, Amen. so the number four one was just like Jesus did with the help of the Holy Spirit. So now, let's back up to number three, to the fact that we have to be transformed. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, uh, we'll look at this in the, uh, the N-O-T. It says, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Verse 13, we are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. Many people read that part, by the way, about Moses when he came off the uh, mountain and he had spent time with God and he put the veil over his face. And people say, he put the veil over his face because what was happening was the glory was just too much for the people to stand. No, he put the veil over his face because the glory was going to fade away and he didn't want the people to see the glory fade away. Because what it just says right there. It was destined to fade away. And he didn't want them to see that, so he put the veil over his face so it could kind of appear like it was still there. Verse 14, but the people's mind, by the way, thank you, Holy Spirit. Remember what that scripture said right before that. I don't want you to miss one of the great points of that. Go back to verse, uh, go back one more. We are not like who? Moses. Moses had to put a veil over his face because the glory was going to fade away. The glory lives on the inside of you and is never fading away. That's what he's saying. He said, you're not like Moses. His glory would come and go. He would have to physically go and get in the presence of God. And then when he would get in the presence of God, then the glory would be on him, but it would leave. With you, the glory, the presence of God is on the inside of you and ain't going nowhere. That's good news. Let's keep going. Verse. uh, He said, but the people's minds were hardened. And how long did he say To this day, (laughs) right, to this day, and to this day, (laughs) whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. Now, I want you to see what he's saying. He's saying Moses would come off that mountain, or he came off that mountain, and he would cover his face so people couldn't see the glory fading away. And what the people do to this day is they go and read the Old Testament, it puts the veil back over because the veil hides the truth. And the law is not gonna bring about the glory of God, but when people read it, they think it will. When people try to live by it, they think it will. And he's saying that's that's not the way. It literally says the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot even understand the truth. You want to know why you go home uh, on Thanksgiving or you go over your mom's house or somebody else's house and you try to explain all this to them and they'd be like, you in a cult. Are you tripping. That ain't what, now you, now you know why. Because if you're studying that law and if you're reading that law, it is literally a veil over their minds and they cannot understand the truth until you show them in the scriptures, probably over and over and over again, the truth of the gospel of grace, and then have them go back and look at all of that. And like you and I did, it's like a switch turns on and you wake up. It's like this has been in the Bible the whole time. But have we given you guys new Bibles that were rewritten? Have we downloaded new apps into your phone that wiped out your old Bible app? We're reading the same Bible, that was existing 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago when we were in all the other churches. Are we not? But what's the difference? The veil's been removed. You heard the truth. And you got out of that old covenant mentality, and now you have understanding. It says, and this veil can be removed, how? Only by believing in Christ. Now, that's very interesting right there. Yeah, it is a little chilly in here. Can, uh, can we adjust, you know, your fingertips, cold, it's cold. <laughs> so if I can get somebody to adjust the, uh, the air back there and up here, that'd be awesome. Um, but it says this veil can be removed. So, so there's hope. There's hope for your family. There's hope for your friends. It's like there was hope for you and me. The difference is, is the veil is removed, though, not by you fussing or not by screaming or not by saying, you need to change. Pastor Archie said, if you ain't changing, you ain't growing and you ain't going nowhere. That's why you're trifling but stuck here. That's not how you do it. The veil is removed by showing them Christ. Here's what Jesus did on the cross. Here's what it is finished means. And as a result, you and I don't have to perform like the old covenant says. The old covenant says, if you do this, then you get that. The new covenant says, we get it all because of what he did. And as you preach Jesus to them, as you show Christ to them, the truth, the gospel, grace, the word is revealed to them. And this is very important. This is very important because according to this scripture, If they're not believing in grace and they're believing in the law in the old way, this says they're not even believing in Christ. Now that's dangerous. You see the deception in the long game of the enemy? If I can keep them believing in law, if I can keep them believing in this stuff, they're not believing in Christ. Because if the veil is still there, by definition, you're not believing in Christ. Now, a lot of you guys got a little nervous there because you said, wait a minute, if I'm not believing in Christ, then am I really saved? That's why I said a while ago, you know, it's so important we get this gospel of grace out and we get out to go minister the gospel of grace. Because just like you and I were, and I I hate to say it this way, but it's the truth. Just like you and I were lost while sitting right in church with the veil over our faces. There are people all over Houston the same exact way. All over Houston, the same exact way. And somebody got to go and tell them the truth. And guess who that somebody is? That's you and me. I said, that's you and me. Amen? Amen. So let's keep reading. Uh, Verse 15. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. They turn away from works. They turn away from self-effort. They turn away from performance-based Christianity that, that uh, the law preaches. And then they turn to grace. They turn to the Lord and all he's done. And when that happens, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, There is what? There is what? Freedom. Now, this freedom this is not saying that there's just freedom. You can sin and you can do this, that, and the other. It's not really talking about that as much as saying there is freedom from bondage from the law. There's freedom from bondage from the law. I'm free. The veil's taken off. The shackles are gone. I no longer have to sit and say, Well, I have to be perfect in order to get God's perfect will and his blessings for my life. You're free. You are his child. Amen. You're not a visitor, you're not an employee. You're not a fan. You're his child. Amen. And as a child, you have peace. You have assurance. You have freedom that all is well. What my daddy got, I got. You know, when visitors come over your house, you know, when you visit, imagine if you're visiting somebody's famous house. You, You visit and you only go where they say you can go. And whether or not you can stay there or be there is contingent upon how you act. Come to my house acting a fool if you want to. Guess what? You got to go. And don't take nothing with you. But your child may come over and may break something. Well, they live there, number one. <laughs> they may break something. Uh, y'all may get into a disagreement. I mean, their behavior doesn't automatically mean they got to go. It's a whole nother set of rules for your children. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. So so you have freedom now because you've been made, as we've been studying, children of God. So your thinking and your thought process should be totally different because now you know the truth. I'm free. Verse uh, 18. Oh, so all of us who had the veil removed can what? Can see. And reflect, what? The glory glory of the Lord. I need to see, I need to to know him, and then I need to show him. Somebody say that with me. I need to know him, him. and then I need to show him. I I see him, and now I can reflect him. We've been spending almost this whole year on just seeing God, knowing God. Who is he, and who am I in him? Now we're starting to talk about changing so that we can reflect him to others. So all of us who have had that veil removed, if you've had that veil removed, say amen. Amen. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see him and reflect the glory of the Lord. Uh, Let's look at that in the Amplified real quick. 2 Corinthians uh, 3.18 in the Amplified. It always breaks it down just a little bit more. I tell you what, man, we're going to be growing and we're going to be changing And we're going to be able to reflect him to those who need to see him. Uh, Verse 18, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, yeah. It says, well, I'll go up to 17 and just read it together. It says, uh, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. Emancipation from bondage, disconnected, free from bondage, in freedom. Verse 18 says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. I see Him in the Word. I see Him in the Word. How do, how do, I, how do I see Him? Just the Word is like a mirror and it shows you who God is. Amen. We see the glory of the Lord. And we're constantly being transfigured. Do you see that? Constantly being transfigured. What's that word transfigured mean? Changed. Changed. We're constantly being transfigured. You're constantly being changed into what? Into His very own image. I look and I see Him in the Word, and as I behold Him in the Word, as I know Him in the Word, I continue to be changed into what I'm looking at. Did you know you become what you spend time looking at? Oh, I heard amens, and I heard mm's. Amen. <laughs> Look at your neighbor telling what you're looking at. <laughs> what are you looking at? What are you watching? What are you letting inside of you, that's what you're gonna become. You're saved, God loves you, but some of you are trying to figure out why am I not growing? Why am I not changing? Why am I not able to move from this place that I'm in? I would challenge you to take a look at what are you beholding? What mirrors are you observing on a regular and a daily basis over and over again? Are you looking at that mirror that says you're nothing? It's like that little girl uh, that that stood in that mirror on on, uh, social media and was just standing on that sink and was encouraging herself. I'm this and I'm that, and I'm this and I'm that. There's something to that when you're standing there saying, I'm blessed, I'm healed, I'm a believer, all is well in my life. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You got to look at yourself and literally say, I see God. On the inside of me, and as a result, I am who He said I am. But you got to look at this word, and you got to see it, see Him, and then believe what it says about you. Because I love it. It says you're constantly being transformed. When something's constantly that that means it never stops. I told you a long time ago. You're in a process, and God's not mad at you because you're in a process. He doesn't need you to hurry up no when he's lord of your life you're changing right at his pace because as far as he's concerned you're changed it's just you that's catching up with who you really are and see and i believe in you amen i pray over you and declare the word over you because god doesn't see you as you are he sees you as you is Because who you are right now is is not who you really is. You, You is, according to him, made in his image. You're made in his likeness. You're without sin. You're without failure. You're victorious. That's who you is. Now who you are just has to catch up with who you is. Because who you were is dead. Somebody said, you messing with your English. No, I'm not. Who you were is dead. So I can't refer to who you were. You think who you are is who you were. No, who you were is dead. So we can't even refer to who we were anymore. That person doesn't exist. But who you are has to line up. As long as you continue to behold, who you are will line up with who you is. I forgot where it was at. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, that was not in my notes, and that's blessing me. Uh, we're constantly being transfigured. We're constantly being changed into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree, degree of glory to another. The, oh, that's seeming amazing. The degrees of glory are just increasing. It's like we just turned the air conditioner down and it went down a few degrees. There's different levels to this thing and and you're going up and 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 up. up. There's a change taking place in your life. Even right now, there's a change and an increase that's happening right now in your life and you need to realize that you're going from glory to glory to glory. Where you're at is not where you're going to stay. Where you're at is not where you're forever going to be. It's his promise and his word. You are going from one degree of glory to another. Last year's degree is not going to be next year's degree. Last month's degree is not going to be next month's degree. Continue to behold yourself in his word and allow this change to grow you and it's going to take you to different places. You got the power. You possess the power to change. So one degree of glory to another for this comes from who? The Lord who is the Spirit. This comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You know what I see when I see that? The Holy Spirit has taken the responsibility to change me. This comes from the Lord. This all comes from the Lord. The responsibility to change me is not mine. Now, I have to let this happen, as we're going to see in a moment. But he does the changing. He does the growing. You think about the whole process of when a... um, a tree grows. Once the seed is planted, who in the world causes it to grow? Nobody in the world but God. He has already set up the whole process. You know, the scripture says some, some plant, some water and all that, but, but even though somebody watered, somebody planted, the light, the sun does its thing, who actually is responsible for the actual growth process? Yeah, it needs a little of this, and it needs a little of that. But he's the one in his wisdom and amazingness that causes growth to happen. If God is responsible for growing a tree, don't you know he takes seriously the responsibility to grow you? That seed turns into a sapling, and that sapling then turns into a tree, and then the tree grows, and then the tree bears fruit. And it then goes through all these changing processes throughout seasons. And as long as the tree keeps its roots, how many of you guys know the tree never dies? The tree goes through changes and it's constantly ever changing, but it always, when it's time to bear fruit, guess what that tree does? It bears fruit. You, got, you can't freak out because you're in a process of change. You can't freak out because it looks like your leaves don't fell off. You can't freak out because you've gone through a time of pruning. You have to learn how to trust God. Yeah, I said you have to learn how to trust God. It'd be great if we could just always be in this wonderful time. And I just got to talk real to you right now, because I think that tree, it, it means something when we see these examples in the Word. I think that also represents us as believers. It would be great if we were in a constant time of just harvest. Let's be real. Sometimes we not. That's right. Sometimes you, you look out in your life and it look like pure winter. Just not a pretty leaf in sight. Not a piece of fruit in sight. And you're wondering what's going on. How many guys know that winter is okay too? Winter is often a time of rest. Winter is a time of uh, rejuvenation. Animals hibernate in winter. See, that's the problem with some of us. We don't know when to rest. We don't know when to back up and just let the season of rest be what it is. I got to produce fruit. I got to produce fruit. No, you got to sit down and let God do what he's doing. He's responsible for the growing. That's for somebody. You you need to let the season of rest be what it is. Because without the season of rest, there will be no time of growth. There There will be no production of fruit without rest. Some of us, we want to produce fruit, but as soon as it's time to produce fruits of love, fruits of cuss come out of us, fruits of anger come out of us, fruits of hate come out of us. Why? Because I'm tired. That's because you skipped the season of rest. You overrode his time of pruning. You overrode his time of of ceasing from everything and just chill out. Just go to church and just let me feed you. Just spend time and, and let me just pour into you. No, I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to produce because pastor said we're supposed to be going. So I got to prove that I'm growing. So now I'm going to falsely go and do stuff that he didn't tell me to do. No, you got to slow down and you got to make sure you're moving with him because he's responsible for the growth in your life. If you understand that, say amen. Amen. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Philippians 2, 12. We're going to look at 12 and 13. Uh, in the New Living Translation. It says, dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God. You see that? How do I work hard? Obey God. I don't work hard by just going and doing stuff I think I should do. Your work is to obey him. I said, your work is to obey him. Work hard, thank you Holy Spirit. He comes up with the what to do. You just come up with the yes sir. I said, he comes up with the plans, he comes up with the how, he comes up with the where, when, what and why. He comes up with all of that, he said, I got all that. All you have to do is obey. All you have to do is believe me and trust me enough to obey. Here we are sitting and thinking, we gotta come up with all the plans. We gotta come up with all the hows and whens, the whys, I gotta write down, you know, all the deals. Let me use all my giftings and, and everything like that of what he's taught me on how to, to, to plan something out. And for my ATAC personalities or for my planners and thinkers, this is really hard for us because we're just built to plan and to draw everything out. And he says, no, 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 no. Put that away. Your job is to get before me and then obey. And I don't know if you've ever really did this before. I've had to learn (laughs) how to do it. His plans are always so much simpler and so much better than any of mine. And I can plan pretty good, but it is nothing compared to God. And so I found, oh Lord, if I just rest, and obey you with deep reverence and fear, it always works out. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Let's keep going. Verse 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire, look at this, and the power to do what pleases him. I'm being transfigured. I'm being changed by God. What is he doing? He's giving you the desire and the power, the ability to do what he wants you to do. He says, love, if you're going to live like Jesus and do what he did, he said, I'll give you the ability and the want to. Because some of us know we should live like Jesus. Some of us know we should walk in love. Some of us even want to in the sense of "I, I, I would like to do that. But then, when the rubber meets the road, you'd be like, I don't wanna do that. I wanna be nice. So, if that's you, then you need to say, Holy Spirit, I submit to you to give me the desire to be nice. Give me the desire to walk in love. Somebody said, Well, oh, that's easy because you're thinking about the sinner out on the street. No, I'm talking about your husband and your wife. I'm talking about your kids. Uh huh. I'm talking about that coworker who did you wrong. I'm talking about that boss who never does you right. Lord, I need your desire and the power to do what pleases you. He will give you, he said, I take the responsibility by my spirit to provide you with the desire and the power to do what pleases me. God says he'll never give you an assignment without giving you the desire to fulfill it and the power to complete it. Lord, I don't want to do that. Well, nah, you got to get before him. Because the question is, is, is do you believe him? Now, understand this, grace has provided all of this to you. Grace has given this, give you access to all of this. Without grace, you wouldn't even be able to connect to all of this. So grace is what gave you the power to possess the ability to change. Now that you have that by grace, you have to choose to let it work in your life. For God is working in you. He's working, say that with me. He's working in me. me. Say that again. God is working in me. Come on, come on, come come on. Uh, Come on, God is working in me. (laughs) Right now. now. You you, you, you just gotta gotta let that marinate for a minute. God is working in you right now. What is it you need? He's working in you right now. When you go to sleep, he's working in you. When you wake up, tomorrow, he's going to be working in you. Giving you because he loves you. Whenever God has given you something, it's a reflex of his love. He's giving you because he loves you the desire. He knows better what you need to be doing. He's like, they don't even want to do what I'm telling them to do because they don't even know what's good for them. But I know what's good for them because I can see their future. And so i got to get them the desire to desire this now so they'll have what I want them to have later. So I got to, I'll, I'll give them the desire, and then they think because they're not smart enough or they're not wise enough or whatever, they think they can't pull this thing off. So I'll give them the power also to do what pleases me. That's a good God. I said, that's a good God. I said, that's a good God. Now I know what James Brown said. Good God. That's a good God. Can I get a good God? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs>
2: Amen.
1: Hebrews 13, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. And we'll say the New Living Translation, and we'll go up to 21. It says, now may the God of peace, the God of peace, assuring you of your, your salvation, assuring you that you're right with uh, God through Christ, be the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. Now, let's just stop right there. This covenant of grace was ratified, it was made valid by what? The blood of Jesus. And as long as the blood of Jesus stays good, guess what? This covenant stays good. That's good news because his blood ain't messing up. It's not losing its value. But I want you to see a word in here. How long is this covenant for? Where's the time word in there? Eternal. Eternal. This covenant's not ending, y'all. It's not failing, it's not falling apart. We have an eternal covenant of grace with the blood of Jesus man may he equip you next part may he equip you who's doing the equipping yeah may he equip you with all you need for doing his will here we go again He's tra- changing you. He's transfiguring you. He's transforming you. He's taking the responsibility. We, we've said that in Romans 12 too, which we're going to look at here in a minute, but I wanted to take a moment to show you the deeper scriptures that tell you how he's taking the responsibility. We say that, but now you're seeing it. He's equipping me with all that I need to do his will. Say that with me. God's equipping me God's equipping with, all with all I need to do his will. Do his will. Next part says may he produce in you there he is again he's taking responsibility may he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him all glory to him forever and ever amen may he produce in you he's the one producing I mean he's doing all the work he's doing all the work what do I need to do obey him Obey him. He's doing all the work, and what do I need to do? I need to obey him. He's doing all the work. What do I need to do? Obey him. What are you gonna to do tomorrow? Obey. What are you gonna do on Friday? Obey. What are you gonna do Saturday night at 10:15 p.m. Obey. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just in case things don't quite go right, what are you gonna do on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock? Obey. And at 10 o'clock, you going what? Come to church and obey him. (laughs) And we'll just remind you of the goodness of God in your life. (laughs) Obeying him, that's our part. So by grace, I possess the power to change. By grace, I possess the power to change. And by grace, I possess the power to do what pleases God. It's all by grace. For by grace are we saved through faith. It's the gift of God. This is all because God loves us. You have the ability to change because God loves you, and so he gave us grace that gives us access to him so he can give us all we need. Do you understand this? God loves you so much that he gave you a way through grace to get right with him so that he in turn could come into your life and then change you, and then give you the ability to receive all that he's given you, and then he takes care of you through that whole process. That's how much God loves you. So whenever you're in a dark place or whenever the lies of the enemy are trying to overtake your life, you just remember how much he loves you. By grace, he saved you. And then he didn't just leave you there. You're not fatherless after salvation. He then says, by my spirit now, I'm going to change you. By my spirit, I'm going to work on you. By my spirit, I'm going to improve you. I'm going to help you grow so now you can go into all the places that I have set up and called you to. God takes care of us. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll just look at a couple more scriptures. Because this is just the beginning of this, and hopefully you're already sensing, man, this is going to be a good part of this series, because I've been waiting to get to the part of, okay, Lord, I'm like, Lord, yes, this is all amazing, but I know they're waiting to figure out, like, okay, but how can I change? How can I be different? And it is, this is so interesting, because it's so simple, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but then it's not always simple to do, when you're in the midst of the situations, and that's why it's important we come and just continue to hear the word, so it can really get into our hearts, and then we can actually apply it when we get out there in everyday living, amen? Because at the end of the day, what do I need to do? Obey. obey. i got to believe everything I'm reading that he's the one that, you know, has a responsibility. But if, if I obey what I see in that word, I will become what I see. But now that does mean I have to do what? i got to read the word. I've got to read the word. And as I'm spending time with the word, as I'm spending time with God, change is inevitable. Uh, Ephesians four twenty, Ephesians four twenty, it says, "Oh, I hate starting at a butt." Um, <laughs> yeah, let's start there. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Is talking about people who aren't basically uh, believing God and living right. But that isn't what you learned about Christ since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old, what? Sinful nature and your former way of life. I told you that way, who you were is what? Dead. But it says you throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Which is corrupted by lust and deception. Keep going. Instead... So now that you've thrown it off, here's now the alternative way we should be living. Instead, let the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, renew your thoughts. Sounds like Romans 12 too, doesn't it? Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. That's why we spend all that time talking about your attitude, the the, the setting of your mind, how you're believing says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. When somebody is saved and when they've thrown off the old nature, when you've said the old nature is dead, you must now begin, you must know that you have to begin a new process. It's not, I know, I know this is what they taught us in church back in the day, it's like you're saved and now all the taste is just gonna fall out your mouth. No, what it is is you're saved and now you have to go and say, Holy Spirit, I submit to you. Now, in that process, He will change your taste. But that's after you let, somebody say let. Let. It says let the spirit renew. It doesn't just say you get saved and the spirit renews you. You see that important distinction? I get saved and then there's a letting that has to take place. How's your letting? You may have let him change your mind about coming to church and say, yeah, I'm going to go to church now. I'm going to go to Wednesday night's. You may have let him change your mind about maybe what you consider big sin, but I'm talking about the, in the closet, in the booth, in the back of the corner stuff. Are you letting the spirit renew your thoughts in those areas? Let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let's keep going. Put on, who puts on? You put on. Put on the new nature. Now, this is the new nature that he gives you. Put on the new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and truly holy. If I am saved by grace and I am a believer, I should not look like the world, but this is why. It's because I've let the Spirit renew my thoughts, and I've let the Spirit renew my attitudes. You may have accepted Christ into your heart, but the question is, is now are you letting him change you? This is the answer to the question, why do so many Christians look like sinners? It's because they thought that just get saved and then I'm going to change. And when when that didn't happen, people just said, well, I'm going to just do the best I can. Because they are living a performance-based life, not a grace-based life that says believe God, trust in Jesus, follow the Holy Spirit. No, they live a very if and then life. And so they don't know why they're not changing because nobody's teaching them. So they don't know why they're not changing. They just know I'm trying real hard and it's working in some areas and not in others. And to be honest with you, in a lot of cases, the areas that they have changed is, is kind of willpower-like. They may just be able to change in those areas, but in other areas, they're kind of weak, weaker in those areas. And be honest, even in the areas that they've changed, most people end up backsliding in those same areas without the power and the help of God. So what happens? They live their whole lives in condemnation, in shame, in fear, and they keep coming to church, and all of their church activity is based on performance because they're trying to get this right. I got to give more this week. I got to go to church more this week because I really messed up. I really messed up, so so I got to get to church super early. I'm going to corporate prayer this week. You know it's bad. you get in corporate prayer. I'm going to corporate prayer because I really need help instead of going to corporate prayer because God told you to and you just want to spend more time with him praying for your church, praying for your city, praying for your state, I'm really in corporate prayer because I'm trying to get me together. I'm really giving this extra money because I need to pay for my sins that I just committed last week. And so that person's entire Christian life becomes about trying to get them together when God has already taken care of that. I say no more. I say instead, we're going to put on our new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and truly holy. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to change me, to transform me, to to uh, transfigure me from the inside out. I'm going to look into the mirror of that word, and I'm going to become who he is because I'm only going to behold him. I challenge you tonight, stop beholding your sin. I said, stop beholding, not your sin because it ain't yours no more. Uh, stop beholding sin. Yes. Did you know that sin's not yours? Yes. Who purchased your sin with his blood? Jesus. How are you going to claim something that ain't yours no more? I mean, that's your shirt you got on, right? How can I claim your shirt? Who bought that shirt? That's your car out there, right? Who bought that car? How would you feel if I walked up to your car after church and took the keys and said, this is my car, and then proceeded to drive off with it? That's called what? (laughs) That's called what? That's against the law, ain't it? It's against the law for you to steal your sins back from God. Why are you trying to steal your sin back from God? Or back, to, to be more specific, from Jesus? Those sins are no longer yours. So Holy Spirit corrected my words right there. You, you stop claiming what ain't yours. That ain't yours. And see, and all this works towards changing the way you think so you can start realizing that sin ain't mine. God don't even remember that stuff no more. So now what do I need to do? I need to put on my new nature. I'm still trying to wear my old nature. I'm still trying to wear a nature that's not even legally mine anymore. I need to put on my new nature. He gave me a whole new coat in there. And I'm walking around... Without clothes, I'll put it that way. <laughs> and he, he gave me a whole, because the, the old one's gone. So I need to put on my new nature and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change me. And as he begins to change me, I'll begin to grow. And as I begin to grow, I'll be more well-able and equipped to go and do all that he has told me to do. So I declare over your life tonight, change growth, increase. I declare a a clarity as you look into the mirror of God's word that you begin to behold him and you should begin to know him and see clearly who he is. And as a result, you begin to see clearly who you are. Holy Spirit, we just submit our wills to you. We thank you that you are giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases God. We're transforming. We're changing. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Come on, give God a hand, clap of praise. So we'll pick up on this on Sunday and we'll dive into Romans 12 and we'll keep going. Uh, about just changing and transforming. But man, I hope you're ready. Go home and apply this. Amen? Go home and study these scriptures and then apply them to your life. Say, Lord, okay, what do I need to do? I just need to obey him. I'm going to practice obeying the voice of God. I'm going to practice looking into his word and seeing what his word says and I'm going I'm to practice doing it. I'm going to practice trusting the Holy Spirit. I'm going to practice believing him. And I promise you, things will get better in your life amen amen well guys we love you so much uh, michael come on up we'll see you guys after service you are blessed here's mike amen
2: amen thank you pastor what an awesome word amen do you trust god tonight do you trust god tonight amen well now's the time to to show him how much we trust him how much how much we love him by giving amen there are are offering envelopes in the pews in front of you, those of you that are streaming by YouTube and those of you here that choose to give by text. uh, Giving by text is on the screen. Amen. Because we trust Him, we give. Amen. We don't have to give out of need or or, uh, despair. But because we trust God, all of our needs are already met. Amen. Go ahead and take time to prepare your offering and just um, ask God, what, what would he have you to give? Amen. It's all about that obedience. Thank you, Lord. We have nothing to fear, no need of anything. Amen. We serve a God that have all sufficiency. Everything we need is already done. We don't have to worry about what's in the bank, what's in our Pockets, amen. If he says give it, we give it. If he says give it, we give it. You ready to give ushers? Go and serve the people. Thank God, it's already blessed, amen. The altars are open now. Is the time we like to, uh, definitely, um. Give those of you the opportunity that want to uh, come to the altar. We have three appeals. One is, if you have not had the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the altar is open. Secondly, if you desire to uh, become a member of this church, amen, the church that you just sat in tonight and heard that awesome word, that's a—that's uh, Bible study, amen. We get that on Bible study, y'all. So if, if you want to be a part of that, Just imagine what we get every Sunday. How many of y'all come on Sundays as well, everyone? Amen, just awesome word. We get awesome food, awesome food. And thirdly, if you have not uh, had the experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the uh, evidence of speaking in tongues, that's a gift that's for you, amen? Um, That's your power. That's your authority. That's the opportunity to pray a prayer in a heavenly language that is a perfect prayer unto God, amen, that your neighbor doesn't know, the enemy doesn't know, but God hears that prayer. So the altar is open. We have individuals here that will um, help you walk through that stage, walk through that process. If that is uh, something that you would uh, desire to have tonight, go ahead, stand to your feet. Once again, the altar is open, but take a moment and ask those around you, uh, just those, those three appeals, if if any of those three appeals appeal to them, amen? Help them come on down tonight. Amen. Never want to miss the opportunity. Everybody good? Amen? Everybody good? Amen. Any first-time visitors? Everyone's been here before at some point? Amen. Well, thank you. I hope you all enjoyed the Word tonight. Before we close, definitely want to... Um, have two announcements. One announcement is, New Change Early Learning Center is having a fall festival this Saturday, October 22nd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come out and enjoy the fun. Games, costume contests, contests, giveaways. Um, There'll be food for $1 or $2. You can't beat that. And lots of candy, amen? (laughs) So if you know kids, Bring kids out, put them in costume. You know this is the world's the world's uh, time to celebrate Halloween, right? Well, we come together and just have a fall festival and just give kids the opportunity to dress up in their in their costumes and have a costume contest. Contest. Also, want to give out candy, have food, amen. So, simple food for one or two dollars. Lots of giveaways, fun and games. Please come out. Invite your neighbors. Invite kids that you may know. Um, come out on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then last announcement, we have corporate prayer every Saturday morning here in the sanctuary from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Just an hour to come together and pray together as a corporate body, declaring the word of God and decreeing um, what God is saying from his word over the body. Amen? Amen. So, uh, so in you know, over this ministry and in this community. So, if you have time on Saturday mornings, please come out. It's an awesome time of prayer, and I promise you, it's from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Amen. Uh, so, come on out and and just join us in prayer, so we can uh, just declare and decree what's rightfully ours. Amen. Go ahead and lift your hands. We'll we'll be just. Father God, we thank you that you are a God of authority. We thank you, Father God, that you are a God of grace. You are a healer. We thank you, Father, that this week, the rest of this week, we walk out in blessings, Father God, and we have the opportunity and the ability to declare and decree what your word says about who we are and whose we are. We thank you, Father. And we have the opportunity to, to declare and decree what you say about our community and this nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all be blessed. Enjoy the rest of your week.